You are now listening to another episode of the Sales Development Podcast, powered by Tenbound, hosted by David Delaney. My name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 191 featuring Chris Rudigrap, CEO of Sendoso, the leading sending platform for anybody in the know in the outbound world. David kicks off this episode by asking Chris how he went from being in sales to starting Sendoso. And Chris shares his journey from sales roles, individual contributor roles, to starting his business and how entrepreneurship influenced his career. They get tactical as the episode moves on and David asks Chris how he started Sendoso and got it off the ground. Some really granular and tactical advice for all of the founders and CEOs and entrepreneurs listening. At the 15 minute mark, David asks Chris about Sendoso's SDRs and how they use the Sendoso platform. Incredibly tactical and valuable information for all the SDRs in the audience. Chris and David go on to talk about Sendoso's growth over the last year and they get really granular and detailed about how they're growing, what departments are growing, and why they're growing. It's a fantastic bit for all of the CEOs and entrepreneurs listening. The episode wraps up. David and Chris talk about what's next for Sendoso. Already the leading sending platform. They talk about what's on the horizon. A fantastic episode for entrepreneurs, CEOs, and founders. All of the entrepreneurs listening are going to get a ton of value out of this episode. SDRs listening are going to get a ton of value out of this episode, as always. And if you enjoy this conversation with Chris, don't forget to leave us a review. Head over to 10bound.com. But for now, enjoy episode 191 of the Sales Development Podcast featuring Chris Rudigrap, CEO of Sendoso. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very excited and honored, really, to have someone who I consider a good friend of mine. He's a great entrepreneur and someone who has helped our community so much, not only just supporting TenBound, but you know, with our actual jobs here in the sales development world. So, Chris Rudigrap, thank you so much for coming on the show. CEO, founder of Sendoso. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much for having me, David. This is overdue. I know we've seen each other at shows and, and talked a bunch of times, but it's nice to actually be on the podcast with you. I know. It's it's crazy. Actually, I saw you. We're already going on tangents, but I, I saw you on at the Zant conference, which was like the last the last airplane out before you know World War Z. So that was over a year ago now. I know. I remember that one too. And I yeah, I miss going to conferences, especially as a a salesperson for a decade before starting Sendoso, I was a road warrior loving the conference scene. So I'm excited to get back out there and, and do some more conferences soon. I know, dude. It's so funny. I mean, okay. So before I start going off, how did you, you know, go into sales and then start the company of Sendoso, which, you know, if people don't, I mean, hopefully there's nobody doesn't know this, but Sendoso is the number one platform for sending all sorts of goods in your prospecting and, and sales efforts. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but it's just an absolutely essential tool. Chris, how did you go from, you know, being a salesperson and then starting this company? Yeah. So, you know, I'll take back to my college days. And in college, I was actually entrepreneurial in my efforts and actually in college had a small startup that 
I ended up getting some grant money from the university and then selling that to a company in San Francisco. And so it was a small company. We had eight employees when we sold and transitioning into the new company. They asked me like what I want to do. They were going to absorb our company anyway. And, you know, sales was something that I naturally was good at when I was even at my own startup. And so I decided to go into sales at this other company called Yapstone. It's a payment processing company. And so I just excelled in it. I loved it. And so after being there for about three years, I went to another company and did sales for about three years and then another company for another almost three years. And so sales was something that, you know, came kind of natural. And I just loved the, the thrill of closing deals and helping companies with what we were providing. But, you know, entrepreneurship was always something in my blood. And so, you know, it was, I was always kind of hoping that I would stumble across a huge pain point and problem that I could solve and that I could passionately get behind and spend, you know, a decade or more of my life, you know, focused on because, you know, as you know, starting a company, it's not something you're, you're at for a year. It's, you know, five, 10 or more years. So, you know, while I was at my previous company talk desk as a senior account executive, I found myself thinking of other creative ways to try to build relationships and break into accounts and get deals closed faster. And I, I found myself going to Starbucks to buy gift cards and sending those out. I find myself stealing swag from our marketing closet and sending that out. I find myself, you know, writing handwritten notes and it, you know, it all worked really, really well. It was just so manual and time consuming that I, you know, one night just dreamed up of why isn't there a button I can click and send something. And so that was kind of the epiphany that got me to think about, Hey, why don't I start that? And then, you know, after a little bit of ideation, version one was, was called coffee sender. And that was kind of the first thing that I figured like, Hey, I could, you know, figure out a way to help people send out Starbucks gift cards. And that's really what got Sendoso started. That's amazing. I mentioned this before, but I remember getting the coffee sender email for the sales hacker conference back. Probably this is like 2016, 2017. And I was like, that is so cool, man. I just got somebody just like emailed me five bucks for Starbucks. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, you know, the idea started simple. I ultimately knew that we wanted to incorporate, you know, physical fulfillment of items because that was equally as important. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, I didn't want to bite off more than I could chew and, and, and more than I knew. So Coffee Sender was really the, the first iteration and then kind of spent the following about nine months working with some logistics and, and warehousing and really figuring out how to build in the ability to send out really anything you could want. And that's really when Sendoso was born in kind of late 2017. That's crazy. Okay. So take me back to that period, because I assume now you, you've gone full into Sendoso and are you funding this out of pocket? I mean, how do you spend nine months like trying to figure out, it seems like logistics would just be a nightmare. I mean, even saying yeah. that word, how are you staying alive during this period? Do you have investors or, or you know, how's that going? Yeah. So in the beginning, I put in a little bit of my own money. I was lucky enough that my wife had a job that paid us enough to kind of keep the lights on. And so those two combined really helped build, you know, Coffee Center, which then my co-founder Braden was really just driving revenue from Coffee Center that did a, you know, few hundred thousand in like a short period of time and revenue that we could then funnel back into our Sendoso product that we could then build. So it was kind of like selling coffee gift cards to pay for engineering and some of the R&D to build the logistics efforts. 
And then we got to a point where we were able to launch. We're getting pretty close. We ended up doing a, a couple hundred thousand in convertible notes right before launch, just to pa- give us a little bit of padding. And then launched really still in a pretty bootstrap mode. And then quickly got you know something like fifty customers overnight. It worked out well that Braden and myself, both being co-founders, were both you know sales experts by trade, and so we just started selling the heck out of it and got to a point where we went had some investors knocking at our door, wanting to put in some real money to fund the growth. Yeah. They go, okay, these guys, you know, have (laughs) put their necks out. Now let's come in and, you know, get involved in it. Yeah. I like that. Exactly. That's great. (laughs) So then this is funny because just another thing, dude, there's so many tie-ins. I remember the first 10 bound sales development conference you came and you had a little like coffee table basically with like some stuff and some t-shirts and you just were in there like, nose to the grindstone. And, and that's probably, you got a couple of deals out of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the early days and still to this day, I was hustling. We yeah. tried to kind of fake it to you make it in the early days too. I remember another show we went to where we had like our entire SF team go to the show. It was like eight of us. It was like a CSM and a, another person just to make it seem like we were bigger than we really are just to, you know, give off the presence and be able to really just continue to drive awareness that we even existed because Way back in the day, no one even knew what the heck Sendosa was or or that we existed. So we had to, you know, do anything to just tell as many people as possible. So yeah. like, you know, they thought it was your conference team, but it was actually the whole company. At that exactly. Time. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. And so, you know, as a salesperson, I mean, you bring so much to your entrepreneurial venture, right? Because you can get some get some sales in and start to show some traction. And so how do you like expand your skill set because sales is just one thing. I mean, it's almost like you have to give that up at some point so that you can become more of the leader of your entrepreneurial venture, it seems. Yeah. My learnings from sales helped in a couple of areas. So one was recruiting. And so I think a good leader has to be really good at recruiting. And we've got you know over 400 employees now in just a, sh- a short few years. And so the efforts that I learned and really how do I sell as a salesperson translated really well into recruiting and selling the dream of Sendoso and really, you know, convincing people to join forces. So I think my recruiting efforts paid off big time from all the sales that I, and sales learnings and leadership that I had in place. It also helped with fundraising. You know, we've, we've raised quite a bit of money over 50 million and more. And so that also my sales background helped in pitching and also the opposite side of raising money, which is getting no's and some investors saying no. And, you know, I think for me being in sales, you know, you can hear a no and you can then move on and get another yes. And so it made it easier for me to get a no from an investor, but get yeses from others. And so I'd say those things really helped in in my efforts. And I think the you know, good salespeople are consultative, confident, and other attributes to salespeople help me in other roles in the business. But I've since found mentors and advisors and really have hired, you know, the most amazing team that can do all the other jobs. But I would say way back in the day, probably four years ago, you know, I was our first CSM. I was our first, you know, accounting person. I was our first implementation person. I was our first product manager. So there was a lot of things that I kind of had to learn by doing before I actually went and hired someone that was way smarter than me. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people that start tech companies are very into engineering and they make an awesome product, but they're really not comfortable with like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. So you almost took it from a different angle. 
you had to become confident with those things, you know, and learn those things. And then were you happy to kind of like give them up to somebody or did you find that there were some that you were kind of into and, and you enjoyed doing? I think, you know, the benefit about being a CEO is you can kind of keep your hand in a lot of cookie jars and what are the areas that you're excited about? You can still double down on those areas. But by all means, I think, you know, the best leaders are good at delegating and the best employees love kind of not to be micromanaged. So, you know, I really early on, my goal is to find people that are smarter and and more capable in their area of expertise, bring them in and kind of work for them. How can I help them? And how can I be a resource for them and then make them successful? Because if everyone else is successful in their roles, the company is going to be doing successful. And that's ultimately what I want is my outcome. Okay. And so I got one more thing about this. Is there anything that you found that you're like, oh, that like, I just, this blows dude. <laughs> like, yeah. And this is the one part about being a leader of this company that I just can't stand. Or I mean, have you been able to buffer yourself from that to this point? You know, I would say that some of the stuff on like the finance and accounting side was just like, you know, not super exciting to me. Just like put, sending out invoices, getting them back in the mail, doing the checks and balances, some of the legal review stuff too, like having to do security review questions and having to review red lines. And some of that stuff was, you know, must do, but something that I'm like, would never raise my hand and be like, oh, I'll do another security review or, oh, let me like process, you know, some of these invoices. I'm for sure glad I don't have to do that anymore. Right. So find A players, pay them really well and get out of their way. Basically. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, you know, I've heard so many creative stories and, you know, this it's a sales development, you know, audience. And so, you know, how have you heard that are interesting ways that people use the platform to break into, you know, new accounts and, you know, get deals over the finish line and stuff like that? Are there any really interesting ways that people use it or ways that you use it still? Yeah. So, you know, I use it daily. We have about 50 SDRs or more that use it, you know, daily. So definitely seen a lot of interesting best practices. You know, some of the things that stood out to me too, are, you know, one is, you know, we have a really cool integration with Amazon that allows you to basically find something that's kind of unique to that recipient, whether it be a alma mater or something that, you know, they mentioned in their Twitter or something and send them something through that. But the cool thing is it, is it uses your Sendoso account balance. So you don't have to put in a credit card or anything. It syncs to Salesforce. And then the package actually, or the product comes to our warehouse first. We unbox it, put in a handwritten note, rebox it and ship it out. So there's a, a very amazing unboxing experience for the recipient who's like, oh, wow, you sent me a you know, a New York Yankees beanie or, oh, you sent me a UCLA, you know, jacket or something. So that I think is a really personalized touch that, you know, SDRs can do some of their their homework and research that they normally do and get creative with what they want to send out. So we've seen some cool stuff with there. You know, I think gift cards work really well, or especially charity gift cards too. You know, DoorDash and Uber Eats and some of those lunchy gifts worked wonders during COVID and still do because everyone's like, would love more delivery. We've seen some interesting, like what I call like a half gift where it's like you send them a controller to a drone and once they take the meeting, they get the actual drone or you send a bottle of wine with a combo code lock on it. And then once they go to the meeting, they get, you know, the the combo code. So some of that you can have some fun with there. So I think it's the beauty that I think that our platform brings is like giving salespeople and SDRs a creative weapon. And it's not like everyone can send the same exact thing. It's that everyone can get creative with what they want to send. And there's 
unlimited things that you can send with Sendoso. And so I think that in a world where you know, sales development is sometimes getting over-processized and, and so streamlined. This takes you a step out of that and says, hey, why don't you be a human? Think about something this other human would want and, and how do you make them smile or grab their attention? It's so interesting. And I know you're probably, you know, separated from the metrics and stuff for the team, but like, you know, most sales development teams are run where it's a certain number of calls, certain number of emails, certain number of, you know, social touches and stuff like that. So at your company, do you have like a, are you supposed to send a certain number of gifts and stuff through Sendoso or is there like a quota or are, are do you just sort of give them free reign and go, Hey, do your research, be creative and, you know, just get the result that we're looking for. Yeah. So we do put in some guidelines, you know, we do have to budget. We have, you know, we don't have unlimited monies in the bank, but what we do is we really prescribe more steps in the, the sequence that will be a Sendoso send. So since we're integrated into, you know, outreach sales loft groove, these tools, we can make it very prescriptive and saying, Hey, step two, you know, Sendoso them XYZ or Sendoso them something from Amazon or Sendoso them this thing. And so, you know, we really try to, we probably over-index on the number of steps that Sendoso is in, but, but because we drive the results and we can tell our story through it. I'm actually shocked by how many companies who maybe have one of these tools and don't use, you know, Sendoso yet, because it's just so easy to use inside of an outreach or a sales loft where it's, you know, it becomes like second nature to want to send something outside of just an email or a, a phone call or a, a social post. Right. They just pop it in. And then how do you know if you're looking at like two quarters have passed, right? And and, yep. and we put in X number of dollars into Sendoso Sends and stuff. Is there a way to track it back to the pipeline that was created? Like, because it goes into Salesforce. So can you tag it on the opportunity and stuff like that? There is. Yeah. So that's some of the beauty too of, of why, you know, adding this software to this offline sending, it was so important and that everyone that sent something is now automatically behind the scenes added to a, a Salesforce campaign, for example, so that you can track the efficacy of it. And marketing loves this too, because marketing can set this up behind the scenes or marketing ops, and then, you know, can fund the cost of these programs and get credit for it in, in kind of marketing attribution world. So you can also do reporting too, as it relates to what step converted in the sequence or the outreach and the cadence. And with that too, start to triangulate, you know, where you should be using Sendoso in your outreach. But, you know, most of all of our customers are looking at reports saying, hey, for every dollar I spend on Sendoso, I'm generating, you know, $10 in, in pipeline and doing that math and seeing how this channel performs, maybe against other channels, whether they're paid or unpaid. So looking at ads or event marketing or, or other channels. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if it was a real stat, but I saw something on Twitter, something that said like 71% of venture capital funds go to Google and Facebook ads or something. And I was just like, oh my I know, God. I was reading something like that too. Oh and my. I was like, holy moly, like let's just funnel that through Sendoso. <laughs> right, I mean, just give us like 1%, you know, and we'll be a billion totally. dollar company. So we actually so, did see yeah. during the COVID quite a bit of people reallocating their budgets to Sendoso because we perform better than other channels. And so they- you know, when times are maybe tough, you want to say, hey, instead of putting money into all channels, well, what's really my best performing channel? And let's put our money there. 
And so we saw people spending maybe less on ads or less on events, obviously with COVID, but even ads, you know, that money was flowing to us instead because, you know, dollar for dollar, we were performing better. It's better. And so who, like, if you get an inbound lead, like who is it usually that you're reaches out to Sendoso or gets into the buying motion? Is it marketing? Is it sales? Is it sales ops? Like who's the customer usually? Yeah. So it's actually a mix of customers. I would say more typically it's either a sales development leader, you know, a general sales leader, like a VP of sales, a marketing leader, whether it's demand gen, field marketing, marketing programs, someone in in that, that realm is usually getting the most excited has been the largest segment for us. We do see that like SDRs or AEs or account managers will actually demo request in because they're, they've used it in the past. They want to use it again. And so they just try to kick off, you know, interest in wanting to buy Sendoso or, or help spur their, their boss's efforts to buy Sendoso. Those are kind of our target personas. We also, during the last year or two, saw a huge spike in kind of customer success, client services, kind of more post-sales use cases and reasons to send. And then... HR actually picked up huge for us during COVID too, where a lot of teams wanted to send stuff internally, whether it was for new welcoming new employees, for rewarding employees, or just general engagement to drive engagement with employees. So that's an area that we're double downing on too. Wow. Okay. So there could be, there's so many, there's so many use cases beyond just sales and marketing for Sendoso, it seems. I mean, you know, that's your bread and butter, right? But going beyond that, HR, who would have known? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think so, yeah. sales and marketing is what I knew and that's where we started with. Yeah. But it's it's amazing to see the inbound we get from all different types of companies, large and small, that you know are excited to use Sendoso. And you touched on something. So COVID was just this massive thing that came through. And some companies, you know, got wiped out completely, right? And then other companies had a more success and they mm-hmm. actually benefit, right? So where did Sendoso fall in those? And, you know, what kind of different changes did you see at the company? Yeah. So I'd say we had some, some great tailwinds from COVID. I think that we had a really agile product team that added in some great functionality around address confirmation and having things rerouted to homes. We also had a lot of different gifting options like DoorDash and Uber Eats or virtual events like a wine tasting event or a cheese making class or next Thursday I'm attending for our arcade. There's like a a virtual magic experience that we're hosting. So we were able to really not only have our product offering be super relevant to what everyone was facing, but also our messaging and our marketing and our content marketing really helping other marketers and sales teams and CX teams understand the shift in their playbooks. And that, you know, if field marketing wasn't able to go in person to a conference while they're driving people to an online event. And with that, you can use Sendoso to drive people there, or you can have your SDR team use it to drive people there. And during the event, you can use us post event. So people really adapted and used us in creative ways. And so we definitely saw an increase in usage throughout last year and continuing through this year. So we, we definitely, yeah, we're benefited from that. I'd say for the first month, like in March, like most companies, we weren't really sure what to do with headcount hiring. We, you know, we had some pretty big growth goals and part of that is headcount. And so it was kind of week by week. It's like, hey, do we hire people and let them work from home and never meet them? Or do we just wait another week till COVID's over? And I think yeah. it was 
you know, after waiting for like three weeks or four weeks, we're like, okay, COVID's not going to be over anytime soon. It doesn't seem like, so let's just start hiring. And I think we more than doubled the company size since we went into COVID lockdown, which has been, you know, pretty crazy in itself. That's a huge testament to a lot of hard work, you know, people putting all that together. And so how do you have it set up? Is it a lot of sales and marketing and engineering? Like if you've got 400 people, like what's the percentage of what, you know, the people are doing? Yeah. I mean, so about 150-ish are kind of our R&D or engineering product and design. You know, we've got about 100 people in the sales group. And then, you know, we've got a handful of those folks are kind of logistics focused. We've got all of our CX team and our, our back office finance team. So yeah, quite a sizable team. I mean, having 50 SDRs is a great number for us as we continue to scale that team out and are, you know, always looking for hiring. We started in San Francisco, but we ended up finding a great location in Scottsdale, Arizona. And that's where we've actually scaled the largest of our teams with our SDRs being mostly out of that region too. That's amazing. Holy cow. Okay. So, and so, but you're still in San Francisco and you're actually, you know, doing, you're going to be back in the city in person here, you know, shortly, if not now. Yeah. So we're going to go back to kind of a hybrid approach, depending on the office and the location and, and the role, there'll be a kind of a different set of rules, but we, we see in San Francisco kind of a more hybrid approach where some people will come in sometimes some days of the week. We definitely offer up for anyone to come in who wants to come in every day. But during COVID, we actually, right before COVID hit last spring, ran out of office space in San Francisco and almost assigned a new lease. But then COVID hit, so we're like, oh, let's put that on pause for a minute. And so we're just about finalizing a new lease for a huge space in San Francisco too. Our Arizona office, we were able to actually open up a second floor in that building that we're at to expand our, our headcount there. But yeah, I think we've got something like 50 or 80 open jobs. Like we're scaling up the team. Wow. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Go, <laughs> go on there and apply. Get to, and Chris, you just reminded me, I got to thank you because the brick brick building, right? In San Francisco, where you had your office, yeah. probably a couple offices ago, but you generously had us in to do the 10 bound SDR manager training there like two or three times. So I don't know if you remember that. It's a couple I years do. Ago. I for sure remember that. I've yeah. So Loved cool. what you've been doing for the SDR profession and want to support it in any way possible, including any of the, our resources. So it's been it's been awesome to see. And I, I've loved your conference too at the series. I think it's just a great way to elevate the careers. And I think even one of our own SDR leaders who started as an SDR now as a manager was able to speak. And I just love that we're able to provide career progression and that your, your conference series is like motivating our team and, and they're getting a huge win out of it. Dude, that's awesome, man. I mean, like I said, you know, you've been such a great partner over the years. And we got to get, you know, we've got online self-paced training now. So we got your 50 SDRs. I mean, they, they need some training, man. So we'll we'll talk about that later. Right? Yeah, we'll CEO. <laughs> you gotta keep selling all the time. So we gotta get them hooked up, man. We'll get them on online, you know, self-paced. It's good to go. So exactly. okay. So what's next? Where do you go from here? Like now we touched on you're expanding out, you know, you're growing the company. What do you see, you know, in the next, you know, couple of years for Sendoso and for you? Yeah. I mean, just continued growth. You know, honestly, there's still just a fraction of the world that knows we exist. You know, it's a hundred plus billion dollar opportunity in terms of what's people are already spending. So you, we find that 
still the majority of new prospects are doing some sort of sending, gifting, mailing on their own. And so we want to help, you know, operationalize that with software for them or inspire them to be more creative by using our platform. So ultimately it's just continuing what we've been doing, you know, for years, just doing it at a bigger scale, doing it more internationally and just having more people to kind of continue to evangelize this in the market. I love it, man. And then Zoom Info comes with a big bucket of money and, and you move to Cabo. No, <laughs> but I, I know, I mean, I'm joking, but I hope that happens to you. Yeah. I mean, we will, yeah. you know, we're, I think we're definitely Henry building. Chuck, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was saying we're definitely building a big business that that might be attractive to some suitors. But, you know, first and foremost, we want to build a big company that people love to work at and, you know, in a big business, in a big industry that has a huge addressable market and and have fun doing that. And if we can make our customers successful and drive results for all these sales and marketing and CX teams, then, you know, ultimately the outcome will will prove to be successful regardless. So I love it, man. And, And it's so, you know, with people like you, and you you kind of remind me of Henry. I mean, you're very well-spoken, very concise, great communicators, and very inspirational leaders. So kudos, man. I mean, it's amazing. And it also reminds me that there are some competitors coming up that are, you know, coming into the quadrant, you know, of what you're doing. So obviously you're doing something right, you know, because five years ago, there was no quadrant, you know, for- Exactly. Particular thing. Yeah. No, I- love seeing competitors pop in as it really just helps continue to evangelize this, you know, quadrant, this category and continues to, you know, drive awareness, you know, their marketing dollars ultimately drive people to know about this category. And then when a a company is evaluating what's the best solution and Sendoso wins, it, it really helps us out there. So I'm a big fan that other companies have popped up, seen our success and kind of copycatted it. And so kudos to them. And Kudos to just creating an industry and a category that ultimately is helping, you know, sales professionals be better at their jobs and hit their quotas and, you know, you know, get that money. That's awesome, dude. And and you know what it comes down to a lot. You like if you're looking at different companies like this, you have to you have to talk to like, like two or three. Right. And a lot of times it comes down to the best salesperson, you know, that that has the best rapport and relationship and and is able to meet the needs and stuff like that. So, and I know, I mean, I know a lot of the people at Sendoso and they're they're just, they're great. So I think you're going to continue to win. So. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your knowledge. I want to talk to you again. We'll get you back on in a couple of years and get an update on everything, but this has been great, Chris. Thank you so much. If folks want to reach out, they want to apply for some of those jobs, you know, What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. I mean, if you want to see what's available, you can go to sendoso.com slash careers or personally find me on LinkedIn or email me. It's Chris which is with a K, K-R-I-S at sendoso.com. That's amazing. And then he will write back. Chris is an amazing guy. So, all right. Thank you again. And thanks for coming on the Sales Development Podcast. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum, 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.